We are already in the month of Elul, so we're going to jump to Chai Adam, Kalal Kufla Meches. It's in the second Chalak, where he talks about Elul, Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur. It's a significant time, period of the year. Zehayam Tchilas Masecha, Rosh Hashanah is when man was created. And it's a time of year that we reflect on our deeds, on where we're holding in life. You know, for someone, I, I work in Kashrus, so in Kashrus we have certain companies, we do an annual visit or an annual audit, where we'll have a yearly review on a specific company, even though we'll visit multiple times during the year, but once a year, you'll spend a significant amount of time making sure every single detail is being kept the way it should be. So the Safri writes in Parshas Nasa that one of the gifts of Chodesh El is that when a person is is uh, brought to a dintaira. We'll, we'll use contemporary terms. When you go to court, when the when the when the case gets to court, it's much more difficult to to predict the outcome. However, many times before you get to the court, you could settle it. You could settle it outside court before it gets to the to the judge. So so the Bali Machshava right that if a person takes advantage of Chodesh El. Before it gets to the Yom Adin, so perhaps you can get off easier with a settlement as opposed to the actual din, which will take place for Shani Yom Kippur, as we'll see. Another uh, interesting note that in Yom Kashrus, we always one of the standards we have for the for the acceptable hashkachas is that we perform unannounced visits. We don't tell them in advance that we're coming. Maybe once in a while you'll do that to make sure you you meet the right person, but overall. In the setup of a hashgacha, you have to have the ability to do unannounced visits. Why? Because if you do an announced visit, if you announce that you're coming, you give the company an advantage. They could shape up. They could do. They could pull out. You know, uh, questionable ingredients. They could switch around, play around with certain details. So therefore, we do unannounced visits. It's interesting that a Kaddish Baruch Hu, when he, he tells us, I'm going to judge you, it's, it's, it's announced every year. Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur. So the, as the Chayadim writes, one of the toivas, one of the gifts that Kaddish Baruch Hu gave us is tshuva, that you could do tshuva, and especially Chaydish El, you have 30 days, or you have 40 days until Yom Kippur to shape up, you know, in uh, some of the kitchens I've been working in, so they know the health department's coming, they start installing fire extinguishers. So this is our chance, starting to the fire extinguishers, making sure we have proper lighting, making sure all the, whatever we're being audited about will be, will be up to standard, and we should have a favorable judgment by the Yom Hadin. So there are two, uh, two, Interesting things that they take place during Elul. Two things that we switch around for Ashkenazim. The Svaradim already starts saying Slichas in the month of Elul, but for Ashkenazim, only two changes in our ritual. One of them is Ledavad Hashem Ayri, that there's a minog. We're going to discuss where exactly this minog comes from. There's a minog of, of saying Ledavad Hashem, and you have the practice, the minog of blowing Shaifer every day in Chaydish Elul. So let's start with the with the blowing of the shofar. What's the source for that? So the Rosh quotes a Pirkei Belazar. The Pirkei Belazar says that that one should blow shofar as a as to la'ir b'tshuva to to uh, awaken us to inspire us to do shuva. And it's based on if you look in the Chayyim, he says it's based on the the story of the luchais. Basically, Moshe Rabbeinu goes up. Brings down the luchas. Klai is doing the chet egel, breaks the luchas. He goes back. He davens to save 
our lives. Hashem says, okay, go down and go bring, again, we'll, we'll make a second set of luchas. When Moshe Rabbeinu goes up for that, for the, for the second set of luchas, Aleilai Aharo, and HaKadosh Baruch tells him to come up the mountain, that day was Rosh Chodesh El, the first day of El. So on that day, the Yidin blew Shoifer, the Chayadim writes, and, and uh, it was a, it was a moment of, of a tshuva process where Akadosh Baruch was going to forgive us. The ultimate forgiveness was on Yom Kippur. So these forty days are leading up to Yom Kippur. So therefore, the Chayyim writes that a person should, that that we should blow shayfer. These he says this Chaydish El as a zecher as a remembering of those days of of tshuva where Moshe Rabbeinu goes up Tar Sinai for the to get the second set of luchos. Now, if that's the only reason, it's interesting because. If this was the reason, so then all 40 days you should blow Shaifer. We do not blow Shaifer during Chodesh Tishra. We only blow it during Davening, you know, during Chodesh El, in the month of El. We don't blow it during the Sarasimit Shuva. But there are other reasons brought down why we blow Shaifer. The, the primary reason is to awaken people to do Shuva. Additionally, the Torah brings down perhaps is to confuse the Satan so he won't know. When Rosh Hashanah is, we'll, we'll, maybe we'll, we'll dig into this a little bit deeper when we get to the halachas of Erev Rosh Hashanah, where we do not blow the shayfar in order to be ma'ar, in, in order to be ma'ar the satan, in order to confuse the satan. Okay, now when do we blow the shayfar? When do you blow shayfar on, you know, during, during the, during the, during the El, during El? So, some of the Svaradim who are, who are already saying Slichas, they blow Shoifer during Slichas. Either they do it during Hashem Hashem Karacham Achanon, or, you know, by Tachanon. They have different minhagim of when the Svaradim will blow Shoifer. Ashkenazim, so we blow Shoifer usually after davening, or sometime around the Davar Hashem Ari, which we'll get to why exactly we say it, but the minhag is to blow it uh, once a day. Now, there's a question exactly what to blow. So the the classic minhag is to blow tekiya shvarim through tekiya. The regular ones one uh, one set of of ten sounds really is you know tekiya shvarim through tekiya. Sorry, not ten. Sorry, one one set of four. Those four sounds. That's what we do in order to to uh, fulfill this minhag. There are certain rebbes that will blow a full set, which would be. Ten sounds, right? Tekiya shvarim teru tekiya, and tekiya teru tekiya. All those different sounds, they'll, they'll blow a full set in order to be to prepare themselves for yantif, or to say that this is part of the minog of blowing shayfer. But the minog klai Yisrael is tekiya shvarim teru tekiya. That's it. <clears throat> if a person missed the tekiyas, there is no Indian really brought down to go look for it. The minog was to blow it, you know, in shul. After davening, I don't think there's a minute of a yachid to blow. It was a minute with tzibur to to la'irham uh, le'tshuva. Let's get into the discussion of the davar hashemari. So in the davar hashemari, as a, a regular capital to Helen, so what's the source to say this? So if you look around, you're not going to find a very early source. The truth is the Chayadam doesn't even mention it. It's in Klal Kuflam Aches, doesn't mention anything about the Davar Hashem Ari. The first source in the Halacha Sefer really is the Mate Ephraim. And the Kitzhah quotes the Mate Ephraim. If you want to get into the history of it, Dr. Schneer Lyman, the, the famous historian, has a lecture on this on whyutorah.org. Maybe I'll put out a link. 
he goes through, he quotes some Svarim in the early 1700s, the Sefer Shem Tov Katan, the Sefer Zechira, the Chendas Yamim, they bring down this minog of saying David Hashem Ayri. Very interesting stories there um, of why some Hasidim do not say David even until this day, based on some of the stories brought down in the uh, in the Sefer Chemda Sayyamim. If you want to look into it, so Dr. Shneel Lyman takes you on a journey. History, Hasidus, Ladavad Hashem Ayri, some dreams, some stories, interesting uh, 40 minute lecture. Okay, so why do we say it? So hard to know where the source is. The, you know, if you look in the in the later place, they say it's the Minog and Ashkenaz, but it's only 300 years old, not too long. So the Matt Ephraim, Says he quotes a medrash in a medrash shachatayv in Esther, which in uh, in, in Tehillim, which says Uri David Hashem Ari Ari is Rosh Hashanah Yishi is Yom Kippur Kiyetz Bnei Nebesuka is referring to Sukkah. So that's why we say these things. Uh, that's why we say it from from Elul all the way until after Sukkah. The Torah Tamima in in his in his uh, sefer his biography that he wrote about himself. So he says. That we have many other drushes chazal from these psukim doesn't understand why we, were, we are saying it specifically at this time. The uh, hafla has another reason. The hafla says the Shem Hashem is mentioned thirteen times in the Davar Hashem. So you say your gimelmidos, your yaitza, you somehow get into the your gimelmidos harachim thirteen times where it says Hashem's name. So it's interesting that a person should actually make sure to say each word. So you have this uh, component of of the thirteen midas. There's a uh, another pshat. Rav Asherweis has a pshat in his Rav Asherweis has a sichos al hamoyedim in chasasher sichos al hamoyedim chelik aleph on Elo. So he has another reason why we say la davar Hashemari, and I think it's very interesting. He quotes the Gemara in Tainus. The Gemara in Tainus Tav Chesam Abayz has interesting story. The Gemara says that a person should not be mavakish rachamim when there's a tzara. You only ask for Yeshua. You only ask for salvation on one of on one thing. And the Gemara has a story. In the times of Rashmul Bar Nachmani, there was a there was a plague and a and a and a fast. I'm sorry, and a famine. So they asked each other, "What what should we do? Should we should, if we daven for both? We're not allowed to daven for both. What should we daven for that Hashem should heal us from the plague or the famine?" So the first one said, "Let's daven for the plague, and once the once the plague uh, goes away, we'll we'll be soyvul." The, the famine will figure out what to eat. So Shmuel Ben-Achmini said, no, we should do the opposite. We should daven for that the famine should, should subside, there should be food. Why? Because the chiyav rachman ha when a Kavosh Baruch gives sustenance, l'chai hu he gives it to live people, d'chsev paseach ha-sedecha, u'masbiya l'chol chai ratzon, that Kavosh Baruch gives soiva to people that are living. So therefore, if we daven for for life, for for being healed from the, I'm sorry, if you daven for for sustenance, then a kaddish baruch will give will give sustenance to healthy people, to live people, and we don't have to worry about the plague. So that's like the linchpin. So Rav Ashurai says, you know, when it comes to Yom and Aram, we have so many things we're davening for: shadochim, parnasa, health, hundreds of things we want to daven for. But we have to remember that it's achas shalti meis Hashem that all the bakashas, even David Amalek, had so many different bakashas throughout Sefer Tehillim. But he says it's really achas shalti meis Hashem with the shifty meis Hashem kolimechaya. So the same way David Amalek narrows it down to one thing, the linchpin of all his bakashas is is the shifty meis Hashem. He says that's what our bakasha should be. Our bakasha, since we're only allowed to daven for one thing, really b'shas tzari, only you're only able to daven for one. So you pick the one thing. 
that Kadosh Baruch Hu will see, oh, you want to be shifty, Hashem okay, so you need to, you need to have uh, Shadokim, you need to have Parnassah, you need to have health, because in order to be shifty, Hashem, you have to be around, you have to be healthy. So that's perhaps a reason for this Minog, or at least something we can learn from the Minog of, of saying, L'davar Hashem Ayri, to focus the tefillos on the shifty Vesashem Hashem, and through that we will have our other Bakashas answered.